Queen Maeve and the Cattle Raid of Cooley Once upon a time, Ireland was home to many legends of the land. Celebrating the history of this ancient isle, our audiobook series will tell you the stories of some important female legends, so their legacies will continue to live on. Skoda is proud to serve the next generation of little legends on their own journeys through life. In this episode, we'll tell a tale of battle, power and courage. The story of the strong-willed warrior, Queen Maeve and the Cattle Raid of Cooley. A summer storm raged in Cúrhon, the stronghold of Cúnacht. The winds howled and the rain lashed down. The trees bent toward the ground and the moon was barely visible behind the thick blanket of cloud. Queen Maeve and her husband, Aliel, were comfortable and warm inside their palace. They had grown tired of eating and drinking and telling stories, and so they decided to play some games. Let's play something new, suggested Aliel, just for fun. As a pair, we know we are the wealthiest in the land, but wouldn't it be fun to know who has the most riches between you and I? Strong-willed and ambitious, Queen Maeve agreed. They took turns to list their personal wealth in gold and jewels, in land and property, in clothes, crops and beasts. For every suggestion one gave, the other could match it perfectly. Until Alil mentioned the one thing that Queen Maeve did not possess. His prize, white-horned bull. Famed for its power, strength and beauty, the bull was famous all across Ireland. It had originally belonged to Maeve, but it had escaped to Alil's herd because it preferred to be owned by the king. This made the situation even more insulting. So, not wanting to be outdone, Queen Maeve called for her messenger, Macroth, and asked him if he knew of any bull that could equal her husband's. Macroth told her that he knew of a bull that was not only equal, but better. The brown bull of Cooley in Ulster, owned by Dara Macfiechna, would make Aliel's bull seem scrawny. Queen Maeve's beautiful face lit up. Instantly, she sent Macroth to request a loan of the bull. What are you up to, my love? asked Aliel when she returned to his side. Queen Maeve smiled and tossed her long, glossy hair. Wait and see, she said. It's a surprise. For several days, tensions between husband and wife were high, when her messenger finally returned, Queen Maeve and Aliel were sitting by the roaring fire, barely speaking. Macroth bowed low and paused a long time, too scared to deliver his message. What news do you bring? asked Queen Maeve, twisting her fingers impatiently. And speak plainly if you know what is good for you. You have delayed enough already. Dara Macfiechna will not rent his bowl to you answered the messenger, trying to keep his voice steady. Queen Maeve stood up, tall and proud, 
The jewels upon her dress glittered and her shadow danced against the stone walls. Did you offer him the fifty prize cows? Yes, queen. And the rich, fertile lands? Yes, queen. And still he refuses me the loan of his bull for just one year? Macroth bowed even lower. Yes, queen. The messenger did not dare to admit that the deal had almost been a success, and that the bull would have been in her possession if it were not for one big mistake. Dara Macfeigna had been ready to accept the queen's terms and had called a feast to celebrate, but at the feast he overheard Macroth boasting about Queen Maeve's strength and power, how agreeing to her demands was the only option because she could just take the bull anyway. Angry at being considered such a weakling, Dara Macfeigna had lost his temper and decided to refuse the queen after all. Macroth felt terrible, but not terrible enough to tell the truth and be punished. Queen Maeve scrunched her fists by her side and paced the room. Alil laughed as his wife strode past him for the fourth time. Nice try, wife, he said. That was a surprise indeed, but it seems we will not be equal in wealth after all. Without the brown bull of Cooley, I remain one item richer than you. Shh, husband, I'm thinking, said Queen Maeve, still pacing. Her brow was furrowed in deep concentration and her footsteps echoed on the stone floor. The messenger waited nervously for his next command. He knew her desire for the bull had started out as a silly game between husband and wife, but he also knew that in the world of kings and queens, silly games often turned very serious indeed. Especially when both liked to be the best at everything and always had to win. After a while, Queen Maeve stopped abruptly. Summon my army and all my allies, she said. I will not be refused by the likes of Dara Macfiechna. I am a queen, and I shall have my bull. Maeve's army gathered from all over her kingdom, from every corner and nook of Connacht, then every corner and nook of Ireland. While the army was assembling, Queen Maeve consulted the prophetess, Fidel, who foresees the future, to find out when would be the best time to strike. She learned that the goddess Macha had cursed Ulster's soldiers with terrible abdominal pain that would prevent them from being able to fight. Fidelm also warned of a brave and powerful 17-year-old warrior called Cúchulain, who, she claimed, was the best warrior in the land. Queen Maeve was confident in the abilities of her army and knew that every soldier loved her dearly. And those that did not love her feared her enough to remain loyal and defend her honour. She believed that a warrior so young would be no match for such a large and experienced army. But just in case, she sent Macroth to visit the young warrior and offer him great riches and the Queen's friendship, if he would swap sides and fight for her instead. Cucullin declined, and so Queen Maeve dressed for battle, gathered her weapons and mounted her chariot. 
Straight-backed and in high spirits, she held her sword high and roared at the top of her voice. Her army roared back and began their journey to Ulster, led by their queen. Meanwhile, the Ulster army, known as the Red Branch Knights, had heard of Queen Maeve's plans and prepared a counter-attack. As this equally strong and loyal army headed out to meet the invaders and surprise them, their chariots thundered across the ground. Soon they could hear the opposition approaching, and every man steeled himself for battle. But when they reached the boundary between Ulster and Connacht, Maka's curse came to pass, and soldier after soldier was afflicted by terrible abdominal pain. One by one the soldiers fell to the grass, writhing and screaming in agony. In less than an hour, the entire Ulster army was struck down, except for a single warrior. Cúchulain was the only one untouched by Maka's curse. He looked around nervously at his fallen comrades and waited for pain to strike. It soon became clear that for some reason, he had been spared the sickness that had befallen the others, which meant that it was up to him to defend the honour and safety of Ulster. He had never fought alone before, and the army of Connacht had a fearless reputation, and so he was a little nervous. But he clenched his jaw and held his weapon tight and waited, keeping close watch on the enemy army grow nearer and nearer. Spotting the lone soldier waiting for battle, Queen Maeve remembered the warning given by the prophetess. She glanced around at her men and could see they were unnerved by the sight of a warrior so young preparing to fight an entire army single-handed. And so, she halted her men and gave a rallying speech. The curse of Maka has struck down the Ulster army. This means the gods are on our side. The men lifted their weapons and cheered. Only Cúchulain stands between us and our prize, Queen Maeve continued. But no mere boy of seventeen can compare with my army of experienced, fearless soldiers. Let's show Ulster what the men of Connacht are made of. This time, the men clanged their swords against their shields. With their morale improved, Queen Maeve led the charge in her chariot, her men sounding battle cries as they followed close behind. Upon reaching Kukulun, the young warrior called out to Queen Maeve. I challenge each of your men in single combat. We will fight to the death until one man is standing. Queen Maeve eyed her powerful army, and certain she could not lose, she agreed. The battles were fought for many days, in sun and rain and in wind, at daybreak until sunset. One by one, more than a hundred of Queen Maeve's men were defeated and struck down. Mindful of the prophecy, the Queen began to worry, and so she visited her greatest warrior, Ferdia, and asked him to fight on her behalf. Ferdia shook his head sadly. I am loyal to you, Queen. But you know that this I cannot do. I am Cúchulain's stepbrother and friend. We grew up together. Our bond is strong and I, I cannot fight him. Queen Maeve had expected this answer. And so she told Ferdia a lie. 
that would convince him to fight. Such loyalty is admirable, she said, especially when Cucullan does not show you the same respect. What do you mean, my queen? asked Ferdia, eyes narrowed. Your stepbrother and friend has been mocking you on the battlefield. He says that you refuse to fight because you are scared of him. Ferdia shook his head. That is not possible. Our bond is strong. I heard him myself, lied the queen. Ferdia's face darkened and his jaw tightened. He grabbed his sword and strode towards Cucullin. Although surprised, Cucullin had no option but to fight. The two champions battled for three days matching each other in cunning, bravery and skill, so neither could gain an advantage. At night, they nursed their wounds and regained their strength. Realising they had been tricked into fighting, but there was no way to call a truce without losing honour. The warriors promised forgiveness to the winner and honoured each other with gifts. Cucullin sent healing herbs, while Ferdia sent nourishing food and drink. On the fourth day, they fought on. Whenever Ferdia gained an advantage, the soldiers of Connacht would cheer loudly and call insults to the opposition. Whenever Cucullin sent Ferdia sprawling to the ground, the soldiers of Ulster would yell and jeer at their enemies. At one point, Cucullin was distracted by his men, and in that split second, the battle was decided. Ferdia cut Cucullin down, and as the young warrior fell into the river, his loyal charioteer picked up a magic spear and pierced Ferdia through the heart. And so, both warriors were lost, and the battle ended. Seeing her chance, Queen Maeve seized the bull and returned with her remaining troops to Connacht. There was much singing and rejoicing as they raced towards home. They had lost many men, but they had gained honour for their queen and knew that they would be richly rewarded. Upon arriving home, Queen Maeve's husband, Aliel, congratulated her on her prize. It's a very beautiful and powerful bull indeed, he said. Though how can we be sure that this bull really is a match for my own? I have an idea, replied Queen Maeve. Although she knew Aliel was teasing her, she decided to teach both her proud husband and his disloyal white bull a lesson. She released the brown bull of Cooley into Alio's paddock and watched as the two bulls circled each other angrily. Her newly acquired prize was indeed a match in strength and beauty. Its golden horns glistened and its chestnut hide stretched taut over muscle. Together, the bulls were a magnificent sight but only one bull could rule over the paddock. As Queen Maeve had expected, the two bulls fought for the territory, bravely and unrelenting, until her prized brown bull won. In a twist of fate, however, the victor had been fatally wounded and soon fell to the ground and died. And that was how the cattle raid of Cooley finally ended. Afterwards, Queen Maeve continued to rule Connacht, with her sovereignty lasting 60 years in total. It is said that when she died, 
The warrior queen was buried standing upright in the cairn at the summit of Knocknaray, the hill of the moon. Her cairn is overlooking Ulster, and legend has it that Queen Maeve's remains are still there, spear in hand, watching over her beloved land.